Welcome to Altus Insights podcast series with Ray and Marlin, hosted by me, Avi. This podcast will cover monthly market updates and construction cost impacts across major markets in Canada. So today's podcast in Toronto, they believe they are the center of the universe and always have been. I think Ray's in Toronto, but we won't judge him right now. So today we're going to chat about a real hot region, which is Southwest Ontario. More affordable solution to the gong shows become Toronto and surrounding areas. And if you're looking for housing affordability and affordability in general, just look down the 401. So today we're joined by an expert in that field, Mitch Blaine of JLL. Mitch joined JLL in 2021, brings 19 years of experience in commercial real estate in Southwest Ontario, and is considered a market leader in that region. His resume includes over a thousand transactions, totaling over $3 billion, and he's represented a wide array of global, national, and local companies. So thanks very much for joining us today, Mitch. Well, thanks for having me, gentlemen. I'm honored that I'm the last of a legacy here. So thank you, guys. No problem all. So Ray wrote these questions because for these ones, he likes to control what I'm going to say. Usually the controversial topics I write, the questions are Ray panics. So the nice and easy softball ones for everyone today in the terms of the discussion. So Southwest Ontario's dominated the headlines earlier this year with the announcement on the Volkswagen EV battery plant. Obviously, I suppose there's the one further down the road in Windsor that hit the headlines again recently is all resolved. But before the region benefited, before this, the region has benefited from affordable housing, increasing population migration from the GTA, and a significant growth in the tech center. And it's been recognized as having a globally recognized university there. So what's your overall take on the state of the commercial real estate market in Southwest Ontario? Mitch, maybe we'll start with you and let Ray for his two cents worth. Yeah, I, I, I know just before we got officially recorded here online, we were talking about some of these super cycles, right? The ever ongoing and eternal battle of core versus suburban real estate. And I think, you know what, gentlemen, I mean, I think the pandemic threw us into another super cycle of a pivot a bit out of the core into the burbs. And whether that's Toronto relative to Kitchener, Waterloo in Southwestern Ontario, or even the downtowns inside of these communities, I think we've really seen an acceleration of that shift to the burbs. And at the same time, you've got this large workforce in millennials that are now getting past the point where they say, hey, I'm having kids, I'm to that age. Pandemic showed me I like lifestyle and I think right place, right time with Southwest Ontario, right relative value. And I think the right proximity to a place like Toronto. So if you want to have the big downtown vibe, you can still visit quite easily, especially with some of the infrastructure connectivity. So I think we're just right place, right time investments made over many years, made decades even. It's Southwest Ontario's time and the story's not fully told. We've got some things going on in the world that may, you know, put us on a bit of a path in other directions, time will only tell. But right now, we do feel that the Southwest Ontario commercial real estate market is poised for a very strong performance, even through a time where obviously some of the markets are pretty challenged. Fundamentally, the demands, the people that live in these communities, that work in these communities, are looking for what we think a place like Southwest Ontario has, which is a lot of value and a lot of amenities and access. So that's my hot take. I, I totally agree with everything you just mentioned, Mitch, and the, the price difference, especially for not just industrial land, but commercial land and GTA versus Southwestern Chair. You see the growth opportunities there. And I, I remember back in 2000, and 
in six and seven when cap rates in some of those markets were reaching similar on the retail commercial side with Toronto. Now you sort of thought that was kind of wonky and didn't make sense, but the values have increased. And again, they're still slightly lower than than the GTA, but you don't really question some of the cap rates you're starting to see that maybe have a, a little bit less of a gap between the GTA and, and Southwest Ontario. Do you see that as a concern, Mitch, that because of that demand, because of industrial or not, do you think that the recent price increases is cause for concern for that region? I think, you know, I'll use industrial because office is a bit more opaque. It's a bit harder to say, here's what's really going on with industrial. If you look at industrial rents, we have, right back in our days and working together for many years, like there was always Cambridge, Guelph was always a buck cheaper afoot than Mississauga for industrial space. And it stayed like that forever. Um, what it really was, it was about 10 to 15% cheaper on a gross occupancy cost basis. The rent was 10 to 15% cheaper. And so, yeah, the rent's a jump rate. But if you look at the spread over Toronto for tenants with lease rates or even on cap rates, that relative spread versus GTA has maintained. In fact, some communities, you look at a place like Brantford. So Brantford saw a huge amount of land transaction activity because it hadn't caught up to that 10 to 15, even 20% value spread to Toronto. And so it started to catch up quickly. So I think that our relative pricing is still in check. It's some, no doubt, we need to watch it. I think there's a lot of focus on net rents, which is important, especially on the ownership side. So the tenants that care about the rent checks, they got to cut gross rent checks, right? So property taxes, maintenance costs, we need to watch it. We need to watch, you know, as we're going through this market shift, whatever that looks like, we need to watch what does happen in Toronto. Because if, look at if rents in Toronto drop, which they don't seem to be doing, we've got to be aware that there will be no doubt a knock-on impact to the secondary markets like Cambridge, Kitchener, even as far as London and Windsor. However, I would argue that there is an interesting element at play right now. And Marlon, you mentioned some of the recent investments with Volkswagen, the Stellantis plant in Windsor. We went through this super cycle in the pandemic of e-commerce, right? Everybody's buying their groceries from their house. You weren't allowed to leave your house in Ontario, right? So we were forced to really pull a lot of that demand forward. And we made some pretty significant jumps on e-commerce demand. We still don't feel we fully saturated that market. It still makes up a very small portion of retail, but we did make a very quick jump on the amount we buy online through a pandemic. What we're seeing now though, like the Stellantis and Volkswagen taste studies is it's moving to manufacturing and the world is a pretty unstable place. I'd love to say in Canada, we're the epicenter of everything manufacturing. No doubt our big brothers to the South in the United States are getting the lion's share of manufacturing investments. But if you're going to make something, and you look at Windsor, you look at London, St. Thomas, even Kitchener, Cambridge, with some really legacy manufacturing decades, generations behind them, manufacturers are looking for labor. As much as automation is a huge part, they're looking for people that have that skill. And that is largely found in these secondary markets with a lot of legacy in manufacturing. And so we actually think that 
Yeah, we made the e-commerce jump and that's important because we're a big population, but now we're into the second phase of this post-COVID kind of world. And the manufacturing phase is going to take longer to implement it, right? Think about if you're trying to build a manufacturing plant. That doesn't happen overnight. St. Thomas is going to take five years to develop the land, build it. That's not happening overnight, like possibly a warehouse might. And so what we think is actually going to happen is there is going to be even more activity in the secondary markets for industrial in particular, especially related to manufacturing, food production. Like you just, again, think about the world we live in as it relates to some of the clean energy focus and investments, food, food insecurity, global trade. Like it does poise, you know, set itself up well to see some good continued growth in secondary markets that have a manufacturing heritage. So that's my take for now. Yeah, and I know in reading the article, some people have been questioning the federal government's investment in these plants. And to me, it makes perfect sense that we've got to think about the future and people are looking in today's value. But if you start looking out 10, 15 years, these investments will pay for themselves easily. Like they're on about, oh, it's $12 billion. To me, that's a drop in the ocean by what it's going to create. If you look, it's not just the plants, it's the jobs, it's the housing and everything else that's going to bring along. I think if the government actually invested a lot more money, they'd see a much better return. And I know we always call it the secondary market. Why we call it secondary market? I think it's time we started to look at it a little bit different. We've got two primary markets. And I think it's just Southwest Ontario happens to be bigger than Toronto. But this obsession with squeezing everything into Toronto, I think is ultimately, it's a bad idea. And we need to spread out the love, so to speak, and be diverse. And that's why I think I agree with you guys, Southwest Ontario is going to be hot. Now, the only thing with Southwest Ontario the government plans to build one and a half million housing. Very few of those are actually in Southwest Ontario relatively. And I actually, I'm actually wondering whether or not Southwest Ontario's underutilized in terms of that future 10-year plan, especially if you start looking at a city the size of London, Kitchener-Waterloo as the corridor and well, their targets, I think, are modest, aren't they, for the size of the cities they could become? You could double the size of London, I think, in theory, with the land that's available and the infrastructure that you could build to support that. Well, I think you're absolutely right, Marlon. But I, I think you have to be careful with Southwest Ontario. It's kind of like saying Canada is all the same, right? We all know, at least those that are here, Vancouver is very different than Toronto. Why? Yeah. Because it's there's a very large geography, right? And same thing with Southwest Ontario, right? And so I would just argue that certain parts of Southwest Ontario, in particular, if you look at Waterloo region, so that's the cities of Kitchener, Cambridge, and Waterloo primarily, okay? They've had a massive investment in infrastructure, whether that's light rail transit, highway expansions for connectivity. London will get it eventually, but it hasn't had the benefit of time and it's just got that geographic distance to build a bigger highway. There was not too long ago, and it seems to come up every election cycle, talk of a high speed rail line, right? Between Windsor, to Montreal, right? And I mean, sounds like an incredible vision. We'd love to see it, we'd love to use it, but that'll take time. And so I think right now, the area that's gonna benefit from this current surge is the Waterloo region, simply because it had the investments done, the work has been completed, the construction's been done. I think you're right though, the next step will be the London further down the highway. But I, I also think London, Windsor have a different value proposition than a Waterloo region. Waterloo region is a bit more connectivity to Toronto as a value prop. Whereas I would argue when you look at proximity to the U.S. border crossing, 
of London and Windsor. That's very interesting when we're in this reshuffling of the deck of our global trade partners, right? And so I think those markets will have a different growth for different reasons than just the connectivity and the infrastructure. But I think right now, Waterloo Region is the current kind of fringe of that will really benefit from housing. And if you look at the official plan of Waterloo Region was all just redone, growth targets recalibrated, it no doubt has a lot of growth coming. So does Brantford. It's kind of that one hour proximity to Toronto, where the real, I don't want to call it a cutoff, right? All of these secondary and Southwestern Ontario markets are benefiting from the immigration and the growth of population, but no doubt it's really noticeable at about that one hour west of Toronto, which is that Brantford, Waterloo region boundary, if you will. Yeah, the high-speed rail would be nice. It's a shame our government likes to talk about stuff rather than build it, because I think Waterloo Kitchen of the LRT is a great example. We spent it and it worked out great. I suppose that was then a bad example because that LRT doesn't run and Eglinton's going to take 40 years to build. By the, by the it doesn't. Marlon, there's the point. It doesn't happen overnight. It, it never comes fast enough. And I'll tell you what, I mean, sorry, I'll go down a bit of a rabbit hole. When LRT was finished, appreciate it, right? Kitchen Waterloo, LRT, connectivity of University of Waterloo, Laurier, Conestoga College, the highway, trying to integrate the whole region. So it then ties into Toronto and abroad, right? Then you got about three years of LRT being done, finished, and a real good run-up. Like we had some real big investments, obviously BlackBerry accelerated the fudge. Then you had Google, the tech incubator that was going to like really humming. And then a pandemic hit. And public transit, I'm sure many of the listeners remember, like there was a time there, lockdown state, many people were hopping on a bus or a train, right? And so there was a moment there for sure. I remember the train going by our office and by, by my house where you're looking inside the light rail transit trains and it's empty. However, what's interesting right now is those trains are very busy. And what I theorize is also happening is, have you tried to buy a car lately? They're pretty <laughs> expensive. Okay, not just the cost of car. Look at the interest rates, right? Interest rates on some cars right now, whether leasing or financing, like you're upwards eight or nine percent. This is not cheap, which is why we have public transit. So I think again, I think these secondary, or I mean, these cost-effective markets <laughs> that have infrastructure have the affordability spin in a time where inflation, like we haven't had this inflation thing for a while, and I've really never lived through it. So I'll be honest, I'm just never experienced it, it's going to put pressure on people say, I need to get more bang for my buck. And you get more bang for your buck, aka value, in a place like Southwest Ontario, one of the region, while still having all the amenities. So again, I think even in a downturn, if that's what we're in, I think a place like Southwest Ontario will outperform the balance and alternative markets because of the value and because of some of the investments that were made. Yeah. It definitely, you saw that shift. You know, you'll have to go back 10, 20 years with Hamilton. That people moved out to Hamilton because of the lower price housing. And now, 10, 20 years later, now those same people are creating their own companies, entrepreneurs in Hamilton and create demand for there instead of doing that one or two hour go train commute into the city. More people are going to come out to Southwest Ontario based on the affordable housing. But then I think that's going to create more labor. And plus, 
Companies usually move where there's labor and that whole quest for talent, which we've or continue to experience with the talented companies are going to realize that they want to be closer or at least have the branding closer to their workers and for that type of exposure. Well, and I, I get to that point, sorry to jump in, but there is one big piece to Southwestern Ontario that is not to be ignored. And it does run from Windsor to Guelph, if we want to use that as our kind of spread of geographies. It's universal. And if you think that Canada and Ontario's value proposition on the global stage for competitiveness, right? We're trying to attract a Volkswagen plant. We're trying to attract Toyota plants. We're trying to attract the Googles of the world. What are they looking for? Are they looking for cheap labor? No, they're looking for high quality, educated, that can understand technology. And right in the backyard of Waterloo Region, you got the largest, if not globally renowned, computer engineering schools that also let you take your IP off campus, which is a, another whole rabbit hole, but like that's unique all the way down to London, which is Western University, one of the leading business and healthcare schools going. So I, again, I think even when you look at what our value pitch and this vision is in this part of the world, I think Southwest Ontario, because of those post-secondary education institutions, that they benefit well, but I will tell you, these institutions, these post-secondary schools, whether it's the universities, Costco, college, they're expanding rapidly to meet the demand, especially with immigration, because that's a big driver of growth in our country, as we all know. And so they're not, they're not only have been important, they're going to be massive generators of high quality labor at a time where that's where we're going to thrive. So I'm really excited for it. I can't tell. And then the point I was going to make that will get me in trouble is Ray used Hamlet as an example. I actually think Guelph, Kitchener, Waterloo, and London are a hell of a lot of a higher draw than Hamilton as we go forward in the future without being rude to Hamilton, especially in terms. So that's my point. I usually get in trouble because when I talk about Hamilton, everyone gets all upset, but Guelph's a hell of a lot nicer. <laughs> I, you know what? I mean, you're not wrong. Like there is a time where, you know, Hamilton wonderful city, incredible infrastructure, has incredible potential. It's a question of how long it'll take to pivot it. There's a lot of heritage there around Steel City that's going to take time for it to really evolve beyond what its century of kind of Steel City looks like. Whereas you get into a, you get into Guelphs or Waterloos, these are greenfields. This is farmland. Like it's it's pretty clean looking. No offense to Hamilton, it can get there. It's just going to take time. And so I think it's easier with the blank canvas than having to go through redevelopment and regentrification of, you know, say a Hamilton. It's just going to take time. It's going to come later. Yeah. And I need to, I feel that I also need to defend Hamilton here. If you look at going to Mitch's point with the universities with the McMaster there and the whole life science growth in that area. And that's tapping into a whole new sector that's rapidly expanding. So I think there will be certain companies that will fit into that growth pattern, as well as with some of the heritage buildings and the older stock. And I agree with you, Mitch, with the redevelopment of some of the industrial areas and potentially uh, Stalco down the road, that maybe a little bit of challenges with getting the right zoning and the right permitted use. They do have a number of things that are they're pushing for that's very innovative that will cause a bit of a separation, not just Toronto, but as well as that Kitchener-Waterloo area. Not agree. Hey, 
You know what though? If you could snap your fingers on Hamilton and have it be what it could be, yep, it'd be incredible. This, I would argue, is our challenge. And sorry to get on the soapbox politically here, but we've got this macro situation where this part of Canada, this part of the world, the immigration with kind of ability to grow, we've got land, right? Like we we could meet the market in the fact, lead the market. You only hope that we facilitate it. We hope our governments facilitate it quickly, right? We all know that they're trying to remove some of the red tape around housing with the strong mayor stuff that's going on. I hope it can be fast enough. Look at interest rates, inflation are something that was a global issue. That's no doubt slowing development. It's very rock and a hard place here as we raise interest rates, development feasibility. It's hard to make the numbers work. So why do you do it? So again, slowing down the potential for the redevelopment of Hamilton because the costs have just gone up and the market can't afford it. I do believe though, look, market cycle, this will pass. We will get through inflation. The yield curves will normalize. Like all of this will settle back and will continue to cycle on this Ferris wheel as we always do. It's just there may be a bit of an intermittent delay here for however long while we work through this interest rate thing. Hopefully red tape gets out of the way and hopefully we can clear some of this inflation and then could see a real strong rip up for Southwest Ontario. Holding out need some more innovative politicians because that's what holds Hamilton back. Hamilton holds itself back. And that's been the problem as long as I've lived here for 20 years. It could, it should be already be a great city and they try and head in the same direction and then they go around and around in circles and never go anywhere. Then everyone then moves on to somewhere different to talk about the cycles. Well, and sort of catch up. That, that is, if there's one thing though, I think and a rule that I think all of us and I'm sure many people that are listening to this play is it's important that we recognize as communities, whether we're vendors inside of a community, politicians, just citizens of these communities, that we don't put up so much resistance. Capitalism is still alive and well, and it will very quickly, if there's any resistance in a place in a single community, they will jump. The capital will jump and it'll go find the path of least resistance. So we have to find ways as communities and leaders inside of communities to really welcome it, understand that there's policies in place for protectionary reasons, right? We do need to have structure. Otherwise, we can have a real mess later on. But at the same time, we just got to make sure that we don't get overlooked, don't get jumped over like you're describing, Marlon, because otherwise, like it, it will move quick. It will move on very quickly. So I have just so, so last question then. Do we have any concerns looking forward with Southwestern Ontario? And what are the big opportunities with the region if we start looking out 10, 20 years? So concerns outside of some of the macro stuff, interest rates, inflation, all that kind of fun stuff. I struggle on a comparative basis to think there's anything inside of Southwest Ontario that's a big problem. Again, I when you define a problem, to me, it's, yeah, you could complain that the sky is cloudy, right? But in the end of the day, when you compare it to everywhere else, heck, I, I'm sorry, I'm biased. I know I'm biased. You compare it to most parts of the world right now, it looks pretty bloody amazing, right? And so I struggle to think that there is a structural concern inside of Southwest Ontario. If the concern is that, can we meet this moment, this time? Can we 
The ingredients are all there. It could be amazing. Can we meet that cycle? That'll be, if you want to call that the challenge, that's what it is because it doesn't last forever. And eventually the pendulum will swing. Look at, there'll be a time where it's, we go up again, we go into the core. Everybody wants to be in Toronto. That will happen again. Might be five, 10 years, 20 years, who knows when that happens, but it no doubt always does ebb and flow. The opportunities are exactly that though, the same breath, right? Like you have this opportunity in front of you. It will likely last for five, 10 years, right? You think about, we talked about the St. Thomas timeline to build that plant. It's five years. If you look at, you know, these Toyota plants in Cambridge and Woodstock that were built over the last 20 years, okay? It took 10 years for, Cam once Cambridge's plant, Toyota plant was built, it took at least 10 years for the investment to start paying off, right? So I think we've got a real good runway on growth. I think we need to let some of the macro settle, right? Interest rates settle. And then I think we'll see another rip up. But there's a few key drivers for me, as long as Southwest Ontario holds its relative value and pricing to not just Toronto, but abroad, that we stay in our band, stay in our lane on costs. We don't start getting over what some of these other parts of the market might look like. And I also think that these post-secondary education in a recession, by the way, if we are in a recession, what happens? People go back, they retool, they rescale, right? They, those institutions, the post-secondary education institutions become a very big catalyst for future growth. So to me, those two things, as long as they stay in check, which they appear to be, I think all other asset classes, whether you're living here, you're working in an office, working in a factory, in a warehouse, selling your wares in a retail shop, like all of it will do well as a community. But again, I'm pretty biased, but I think we got a pretty great place. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, um, the only thing that uh, you mentioned earlier regards to just keeping track of the market dynamics, because you now the challenge with some of these logistic warehouse manufacturing is labor. And, to a certain extent, that's being accommodated with via public transit as well as with cars and getting into these warehouses. It's also the cost of logistics and moving goods. Now, Amazon built that new warehouse to service London, but for Kitchen Waterloo, Cambridge area to service the GGA, there's that balance with respect to getting the goods to their consumers and clients is still weighing out the cost to actually transport with the cost of fuel, the cost of labor, and so on and so forth. So as long as that can be in check, otherwise, maybe it, it makes sense to make, you, know, you haven't seen it in Toronto yet, but you, ha you have seen it in Vancouver with a two or three-story industrial, and whether or not it gets to that point whereby they're trying to focus on controlling some of the costs and not just real estate. But overall, I think the overall growth that with the Volkswagen opening the next five years and creating that central point for for that type of technology and to separate Canada and have them have us recognize the strong leader in that sector, I think really works and creates growth for the region. And that's the only sort of challenge I see, but everything else, if nothing else, if everything just keeps going the way they are and with the, with affordability and with the immigration and the other things that yeah, I see a good long runway for Southwest Ontario potential growth. Yeah, I think it's set up perfectly to growth in the future. So cheers, Mitch, for joining us today. It's been great to have you join us on the last podcast. So this is the end of the 
all those podcasts with me and Ray. So you'll have to look out for us at future presentations and conferences. And look, it's going to be a little bit bumpy over the next couple of years. Interest rates are a little wingnutty high right now. And Toronto's not exactly ideal. So Southwest Ontario is a great alternative. You've seen the adverts of Calgary. I keep saying everyone should go to Calgary, but we're looking forward to see how the market plays out. So it's been a great time doing the podcast. So thank you for me. Thank you for joining us, Mitch. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey, I'll just leave one last thought. As much as we've been talking in general terms here, devil is in the details. I appreciate what you and your team and Ray, we've known each other for a long time. I appreciate the detail, painstaking detail you go to provide really important insights, nuanced insights, because like London the Kitchener, they are different places. And so appreciate everything you guys have done and keep doing it. And to anyone listening to this, pay attention to the details because it's critically important. It's going to be more important than ever. Thanks, Mitch.